of the crop. Who the f is that guy? I'm better than you. And you know it. This is The Law. Live audio wrestling with the latest news, info, and interviews from the world of pro wrestling, mixed martial arts, and the best of combat sports worldwide. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Tidwell and Brady Wetta. only mean one thing yes 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 this is the law live audio wrestling back yet again for another week of craziness that is everything in sports entertainment and combat sports and everything around it uh i am your host chris tidwell otherwise known formerly known as notorious tid inside of the professional wrestling world but nobody gives a dang about that all of you listening to us on all of your podcast providers spotify iTunes, iHeartRadio, please, thank you so much. If you're not, you can always go check it out at the Law Live Audio Wrestling. And if you're watching this on YouTube or you're not watching it on YouTube, you can always go check it out there as well. Yes, we've just put a little dash in the name. That's it, just a little dash for YouTube. So it's the Law Dash Live Audio Wrestling. Of course, none of this would be possible without my co-host, as usual, Brady Wedham. How you doing this week, brother? I feel like it's been one of those weeks where, I mean, should we even talk about any of this stuff? Let's just talk about the Super Bowl, right? Yo, it's the three dog, and I'm here to make your wasteland travels a little bit better. Life's a work. How are you, Chris? How it's going on, man? Man, it has, you know, it's been a wild week. So, so wild, in fact, that we actually did one of those like emergency weird kind of episodes trying to break some stuff down late night, really late night on a Friday, put it up on the Saturday for everybody to see. And if you haven't, if you haven't checked it out yet, please go do so. You can uh, go check that out on the video form over on the YouTube channel. If you haven't yet, then please go over there, like, subscribe, hit that share button, throw a comment down. Um, but I mean, even since then, it's been wacky. It's been wacky. We're going to get into all of that this week, right? We 100% are going to talk about a little bit of everything. We're going to talk about the UFC. We're going to talk about some combat sports. We'll talk about pro wrestling. Um, do you want to give a quick rundown of what we're doing here this week? Well, 100% because I mean, listen, everything is always evolving and you can see now because this is over here in the video form you can see that we are going to actually talk about oh we're going to talk about the real reason the wwe universe is pissed off at the fact that the rock cody rhodes and roman reigns is now some happy threesome thing happening because cody's out rock is in roman is there Seth is out, CM Punk is out, WrestleMania is crazy, and the fans don't like it. We're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk a little bit about who is going to be headlining UFC 300 and why they should be headlining that. The front runners, of course, you know, Israel Adesanya, Leon Edwards, and of course, Conor McGregor, but we're going to break that down a little bit as well. We've also got the big question of the week is how can Vince McMahon stay out of jail? 
we can I just mean, finish right now. It's just yeah. money or death. That's the only the way you stand out of prison. The allegations are crazy, and we're going to, uh, you know, talk a little bit about that. Not too much, a little bit, because everything is still open to interpretation and the court of law as this goes forward. Well, if you want to hear us talk about it in detail, you can go to the YouTube channel. We did upload a video, like Chris said, late night, and we did go into detail about some of this stuff. Now, a lot of it got cut out. Um, YouTube is not too friendly. So we took yeah. out, like, it's it's nothing too extreme, but we do talk about this in detail for about a half an hour. So Absolutely. And, of course, for those of you listening to us on your podcast providers, you are going to get the full spectrum. And at the end of all of this, we do have my TIDs kicking the head this week. Not one, but two stars joining us. We're talking about a tag team called the Highlanders, former WWE superstars. And wow, Robbie and Rory break it down like you have never heard anything broken down before. Um, the, the life and trials and tribulations of the Highlanders inside of the WWE and before to get there. I mean, this is like you've never heard before. So this is going to be a great one. I'm excited. We can definitely forward, <clears throat> we can forward that transcript off to uh, Johnny Ace's people right now because there's a lot said about John Laurinaitis in, in that interview, amongst a whole bunch of other things. Good things, yeah. positive things. Um, fantastic interview. Can't wait to hear that. So that, a whole lot more. Probably going to shoot some shit. We've got another classic clapback with KJ oh, this week. Did it now? Did he listen to the memo that we sent him about behaving? Because I haven't watched well, it yet. Have you watched any of this yet? I can. I can only hope that he has. But I mean, this is the world of professional wrestling, and sports, and sports entertainment, and combat sports, and all of those things. And it doesn't. I mean, sometimes crazy things happen. Sometimes, uh, sometimes swerves hit even the best of us, Brady. Everybody's a character in this business, but okay, let's uh let's throw it to some some sponsors, and when we get back, uh, we'll hear from KJ, and we'll go from there. One hundred percent. Totalsportcards.com, Canada's number one stop for WWE, AEW, UFC, NHL, NBA, and NFL hobby boxes. Total Sport Cards always delivers the most sought-after products with the best price points in the market that you can find. Keep your collection up to date with totalsportcards.com. Totalsportcards.com, proud sponsor of Sunday night's main event. Have you checked out East End Hamilton's newest live music venue? Vertigogo is keeping DIY music alive in the 905. January 28th, Terry Green. February 3rd, Decade. February 4th, Punk Rock Matinee with Gag Order. And in the evening, Night of the Holy Spirit Drag Show. February 15th, Cheap Chocolates. February 23rd, Golden Shitters. March 8th, Sons of Arrakis. Vertigogo brought to you by Fuck You 2 Productions. Fanatickets.com. It is I, KJ Johnson, from the Colossal Tussle Podcast with this classic clapback with KJ. Let's talk about the wrestling classic from November 7th, 1985. And let's talk about JYD, the Junkyard Dog, and Moondog Spot, two 
dogs going at it right there in the center of the ring. A horrible 45-second match. Dave Meltzer's first negative five-star rated match. A 45-second squash match where the JYD delivers a couple of headbutts. One, two, three. Back to the locker room. Follow that. Am I right? It was a great moment for a terrible wrestling show all the way around. First one on pay-per-view for the WWF as well. Speaking of which, our dear owner, Vince McMahon, he took Moondog Spot's bone home to experiment up the anal gland, if you know what I'm talking about. Okay, gotta go until next time. I'm KJ. And we are back on the law, live audio wrestling, and he did not listen to the memo we sent him. I feel like maybe he did not even get the memo. But, I mean, you can't argue with that clapback. I mean, it was a classic. 45 seconds? Wow. Unbelievable. All right. <clears throat> Listen, let's get into this. Let's talk about how how wrestling fans, that's a perfect little segue if you think about it, Brady, because he's talking about a match that lasted 45 seconds. It wasn't really something that was supposed to be and probably, you know, Dave Meltzer, Dave Meltzer's first negative five-star match. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But this is the world of professional wrestling, and things like this really happen. Things like this, everybody's so so pissed off because, you know, as we saw in this past week, Cody Rhodes relinquishing his spot, as it were, you know. I mean, nothing, no contract signings have been done yet. We haven't done that angle yet, right? to see who's who's working who we haven't brought the table out and done the contract signings on the shows to no. see who's wrestling who yet right so could be a, so all of threat. This, a, a whole bunch of speculation well but everybody's pissed off because the rock has showed up and everybody is assuming that the rock is now going to wrestle roman reigns at wrestlemania and cody is going to um take a back seat so to speak and wrestle Seth Rollins, an injured Seth Rollins, as it were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think? I got a couple different takes on it. Um, one of them is just from the Endeavor, the Endeavor deal. So when they bought the UFC, and Ronda had lost to Holly Holm during that that bio and that merger or whatever you want to call it, when Ronda decided to come back and fight Amanda Nunes. They played a pay-per-view trailer that had Amanda Nunes nowhere to be seen. So they just seen the star power. They focused in on that. They wanted the star power of Ronda Rousey. That was what they were selling the pay-per-view on. Okay. I believe that's kind of the approach here, but it's the beginning of February. Nothing has been decided yet. No. I think wrestling fans at this point just want to be pissed off at something every day. Well, so pissed off, in fact, that the video of this, for whatever reason, what was it, 400,000 dislikes? Dude, this is like the Bieber videos back in, like, you're just making everybody likes or dislikes. And if you're watching this on YouTube, we appreciate all of them. Likes or dislikes. Y'all are a bunch of fickle bitches. <laughs> I'm just saying. 
I don't want to keep any, shitting on everybody, but yeah, that is, this is pretty fair. At any given time, at any given time, if you're given the opportunity to see the rock and Roman reigns and do that story. Yeah, cool. You're all down with it. The only reason I think that people are down with it or not down with it, I should say, is because, because Cody Rhodes has worked himself into such a baby face position. Mm-hmm. That the crowd and the fans all want to just elevate this poor, poor baby boy, this blonde, angelic baby boy up to finish his story because they get to decide when the freaking story ends. No, but this is the same group. I assume now, I don't know, they, they vary. Maybe, maybe there is tribalism and it splits down like the Red Sea, but this is the same group. That was bitching about Brandy and Cody being on their TV on AEW for the last like year and a half. He was there. I'm assuming that's the same vocal Twitter group and same vocal Reddit and 4chan and YouTube comment sections and Facebook groups and and public forums and threads and all over these other places where y'all want to fucking scream. I, I'm telling you, I think it comes down to why? they just want something to bitch at. You have the most I, important I, thing to bitch at right now, which is why like, do you... the worst stuff ever. Stay off of this. Why do you think that the story, Cody needs to finish the story? Why does that story have to end at WrestleMania? We all saw story. We all saw the, what was it? The Zack Snyder recut, uh, extra 72 hours of DC stuff. We we all saw that, right? And everybody ate it up. Everybody loved it. So it if it doesn't end at WrestleMania, maybe it doesn't end at WrestleMania this freaking year, people. You know, I've got to, I, okay. You know oh. what? That made me think. I got a serious, serious question. I want your, I want you to give me a very like take a second, just so we don't get in trouble. But where does our truth fall in all of this? That's what I want to know. Are you serious? As a heart. Why is our truth not in the main event? Well, because our truth doesn't have a briefcase or did not win the Royal Rumble. In fact, if you look back, he didn't even know that those were women in there. Are you talking about and the rock? Tried, and then try to hot tag. Are you talking about the rock? Because the rock didn't win. The Royal Rumble. Rumble. The Rock doesn't have a... Well, he's probably got a lot of briefcases, a lot of Halliburtons, full of a lot of money. No, but The Rock does have something that nobody else does have in that situation. He's on the board. (laughs) You said juice wrong. Actually, he came out looking pretty thin, actually. He looked like he lost some mass. He looks like he's in worker shape. Shredded. Yeah, he looks really good. He looks a lot different than he did even a month ago when we seen him on TV. So he, I do think he's in a position now with whatever movie he was bulking up for. He's loose. He's getting in shape. Now, do you think that he's going to do the same thing he did last time? He had some warm-up matches. Are no. we going to see some some warm-up, like a him and Cody tagging no. against, no. you know? I'm still not con- convinced that it's actually going to be Roman and The Rock at WrestleMania, I'm Shut not the convinced front door. of this. I'm not convinced of this yet. Who what about going to be? Could you imagine? Could you imagine all three of those people that you saw in that picture inside of the ring at the same time? Later. Could you imagine that Cody still gets this match against Roman? 
but the special guest referee is none other than The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. No. Why? I don't hate the landscape that you just laid out, but I don't love it. You don't have to. I'd rather see The Rock versus the rock versus the winner of Cody and Roman night one. Okay. If we're just going to play out, you know, fantasy booking, do you I honestly think-, think that they can get away with doing like an, a night one and not even announcing something for a night two and having the, like the night two just play out. Yeah. We'll do the Brett, the Brett and Lex thing, but they did that in one night at WrestleMania 10, but do that over two days. This is what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. What if this is what I'm saying? What if this story isn't this isn't supposed to be the finish for Cody? What if this isn't the end of the story? What if this story plays out until next year? What if this plays out to the point to where, you know, um, Seth and Cody do work? Cody does get that strap. This has nothing to do with our truth. And the Rock and hold on, and the Rock. The Rock and Roman work. And Roman goes over. Then you've still got down the road. You've got another Money in the Bank match at a Money in a Bank pay-per-view coming up. R-Truth wins that briefcase. R-Truth finally gets fed up with... Judgment Day goes briefcase for briefcase battle at WrestleMania. All right. Okay, people listening, we're not serious. We don't think our truth should be in the main. Well, I don't think that our truth should be in the main event, but I do kind of wish that he was. (laughs) Oh, that's asinine. And here's the other thing is nobody's even talking about the fact that the swerve can come in at any given time and Damian Priest could cash in that money in the bank briefcase and throw a wrench in everybody's plans so i love the fact that we're so deep into this in february and this isn't even happening until april but that's what's missing from back in the day like if the fans are freaking out and let's say they're justified either way on either side they want to see the rock they don't want to see the rock whatever it is is this just hype for wrestlemania 100 and it's the best hype. hype It's the best hype for WrestleMania because because of what's happening in the real world around that company right now. Mm -hmm. Right. And this company, because of all of the bad that is happening, is taking away the heat from every other company. You've got guys over in AEW busting their asses off over there. Now, here's another question. Here's another question that I have for you. Because of the change of the landscape, because now Vince is gone, because now you, you you have THQ and you have Hunter and you have kind of this new regime and there's gonna all the old guard, you're gonna see them getting picked out of the WWE. Boom, 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 gone. Does this give you a reason to have FTR come back to the WWE? No, please, please, because Vince wanted to to straddle them, not literally, but straddle them with a really crappy gimmick. I think that's one of the reasons why they left. Um, I would love to see FTR come back and just be under Triple H's reign for a minute and see what he does with them. Because I think he was he was a huge fan of them. I think they're, you're seeing the tag division being pushed a little bit stronger than they have been in the past couple of years, and FTR would fit in perfectly. Speaking of, of people from AEW, 
could it possibly be even as early as Elimination Chamber? I would figure it's it might be more like WrestleMania or the Monday night following WrestleMania. Do we finally see MJF show up here? It's too much right now. It's, it's too, too much. much. It's too much right now. Like I I think that um listen, I think that MJF if he shows up before WrestleMania, that'll be a snowball's chance in hell. Uh, showing mm-hmm. up at WrestleMania, eh, I don't even think that, that is a thing. They However, don't do that too often. Timing, timing could dictate that he ends up, you know, pulling a um, <clears throat> Robbie McAllister and gets seen in the audience. Maybe who knows? Is that a segue to to later on? Uh, if you're on YouTube, <laughs> by the time you're done watching this, it'll be uploaded. If you're an audio listener, it'll be seamless. But yeah, we have the Highlanders coming on again today. Uh, at the same time, which it doesn't happen too often to hear them telling their story at the exact same time is crazy. So they will get into things like TNA when they were spotted or when, uh, sorry, Robbie was spotted in the crowd during that Monday night war rehashing with Hogan during the Hogan days. But yeah, we'll, uh, we'll get into that later on in the show, but okay. So going, let's, let, let's take pro wrestling and put it on the side for a second. Sure. We had a UFC fight night last night. It was unbelievable. It actually was. It was the night of finishes, and the the predictions for the fight night was also that it was going to be a night of finishes, and it definitely delivered. So I, I know I can see you scrambling there for your paperwork, but no, I was looking for my phone. <laughs> Same thing nowadays, eh? I've got mine right in front of me. I had it but, plugged in. But <laughs> money, m- money, Morricone. I guess is that how you say his last name? Oh, Renato Moicano. Money Moicano. That's what it is. Money Moicano. So I can't even say it when I know Moi? the pronunciation. Moicano. Moi? Moicano. I'm so Canadian. Yeah. Yeah. Money Moicano delivered uh, last night. And uh, listen, everybody knew that that fight that they were going to have, him and Drew Dober, was going to be a um, a classic fight. One hell of a fight. And listen. This is this was a fight that went back and forth like it could have happened either way. Moicano ends up coming out of it and you're like, okay, cool. It kind of went the way it was supposed to go, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then you realized, man, I'm glad this is on ESPN Plus because it ain't on pay-per-view and it wasn't making it to um, the air. I don't know. I'm glad I wasn't drinking and playing the UFC drinking game last night every time an F-bomb is dropped because Money Moicano, he probably he probably put um, referee Harry D uh, to task with the amount of F-bombs that were dropped in that promo. He didn't put Rory from the Highlanders to task. I'll tell you that much. Uh, heads up, <laughs> listeners, later on in the Here's- show, Rory. Rory's the best part that I took away from it is he's so passionate. He's so fired Mm. up. So my dad, he's talking about his dad at 62 years old is having a baby. And so he's going to go home and make another baby because if his dad can have a baby at 62, he can have one too. Okay. First of all, your dad ain't having the baby. His girlfriend is. Um, and I don't Maybe it ain't his, bro. <laughs> I don't know how you make a baby with powdered milk. Yeah, uh, right? he's he's definitely so he's done this a few times uh, in 
he he's great. He's very quiet leading up to the fight. He and then once he gets into the fight, he's a dog. And then his his interviews afterwards never cease this. So the, there was I forget who he was fighting, but the one guy he tapped somebody out the first round, and mm-hmm. the guy's like, uh, "Oh, you know, I wanted to fight you for three rounds." He's like, "Well, why did you tap then?" He was like getting mad at him. He's yeah. like, "You should have kept going. Like, yeah. you shouldn't have tapped, yeah. and we would have kept going." For I was ready. Like he was so mad at the guy for for catching yeah. him in a submission or yeah. for him catching the guy now, in the submission. So now take this the other way. Cause there was another, there was another wonderful promo, you know, um, Charles Radke ends up getting his win again. And uh, yes. he's kind of working himself. Like he he's trying to be like, Oh, I'm a real Colby Covington here to make America great kind of guy. And even in the presser afterwards, he was like, you know, begging for the $50,000 bonuses and telling everybody he's broke and saying that he should basically, you know, implying that he should get paid to do interviews. Mm -hmm. Um, He's kind of working himself into that real life heel spot. But the problem is, is that um, after, after he said that about the interview thing at the presser, there was no more questions. And he was like, no, none. Good. I'm out. I'm trying to get some pizza up in here. Boom. And he bounces. That's not the guy that's going to be consistently used for these pressers. I don't care if you're winning or not, because the press will just sit there and be like, no, I got nothing for you. Mm-hmm. And then what do you got? Then it's just a headache, right? Well, the highlight for me, and I think we're looking at a future star here and Thumba. Wow. Oh my goodness. 23 seconds. I believe it was 23 seconds in. Yeah. Just, it was like a pumpkin getting hit by baseball bat he um listen if you talk about between that and the knockout that that rude boy randy brown laid down randy brown man unbelievable these guys and the fact that okay and uh, all of this aside the main event was unbelievable you had you had a, a kick to a downed opponent that sparked off almost a fight between the corners because chris curtis on the outside has had heat um um with 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 the guy fighting in the ring and everything's about to break down and it, it's mayhem it's a crazy night of fights and that wasn't even the coolest part i don't know about you brady but the coolest part for me, the absolute coolest part for me, was, was watching for you was watching was watching Meatball Molly McCain oh, look so incredibly good. The fact that she's dropped down to 115 pounds and just looked like an absolute murderer at she's that. Always been great. She's always always been, been good. Mm-hmm. Always been good. But her intensity, her focus, her drive, her everything in this fight last night, man, she is on a next level right now. Well, am I an asshole by saying that she'd probably whoop Patty's ass? Well, listen. If she fights the way that she fought last night, she's going to be whooping a lot of ass. I don't think we've talked about Patty too much in detail on the show. What do you think about Patty Pimlet? Do you think he's overhyped? Uh, I think we haven't found out about that. I think that up to this point, he has, listen, there's, he's not the first guy that the UFC has taken who doesn't have a full repertoire of uh, credentials or an arsenal of 
The arsenal is a good one. Techniques. He has an arsenal. Techniques. He's not the first guy that they've done that with, but they see the star potential and they try to make that happen for them. The fortunate thing is up to this point, Patty Pimblett has been able to win. Sean O'Malley has been able to win. Right. There's been these guys that they've, they've been able to do this with. Paulo Costa was one of those guys that didn't work out so well for him. Mm-mm. Right. They've had these guys in the past that as soon as they, they lose, boom, that was it. Right. So as long as Patty Pimblett keeps winning, everybody's going to keep loving him, except so the for train, the haters. The train is chugging along. We're moving yeah, towards the infamous, and we talk about it every week UFC. 300 sure so here's the question here's the question because we have a million and one matches we don't have a main event Mm -mm. who's going to headline ufc 300 right and why are they going to be the ones to headline ufc 300 everybody's talked about a lot of reasons for it well here's the thing that you have to remember there is a championship belt there's two belts already being fought for on this there's the Ever so illustrious BMF belt. <laughs> if Take that ain't a draw in the garbage, man. Throw like that the belt, belt means, in the trash. Belt means absolutely nothing on that, right? Um, and and then you talk about um listen, you talk about the fact that you've got the women's championship that is also going to be defended on there, right? Mm-hmm. Zhang, right? Well, Zhang Wanli. Correct. Mm-hmm problem is is there's not a draw there yet so you need to have something that's going to be a title fight or is going to be so big that it surpasses the fact that there's a title fight fill me in on some of the rumors and some of the listeners if they're if they haven't uh, heard the news of a couple well, of names a couple of we've heard we've heard about. it been going we've heard it been going back and forth the fact you know over and over for the last little while conor mcgregor's going to fight at ufc 300 conor mcgregor's going to fight at ufc 300 i called that in the summer which makes complete sense because if you think about what have been the top five grossing ufc pay-per-views of all time conor mcgregor's name is on every one of those so if you're going to mm-hmm. have a fight if you're going to have a fight that headlines a card of this kind of magnitude that isn't a title fight, he's the guy that you have out there for it. Nobody gives a shit at this point if Connor's going to win or Connor's going to lose. But against a guy like Michael Chandler, right, that's probably his best bet inside of that weight class. Unless you talk about the fact that there might be the story that we're hearing that they might be getting rid of finally a weight class and moving a couple weight classes around and starting a new weight class. UFC 300 could be unprecedented going forward if they do like this. The rumor mill is turning right now, and the direction that it is turning in is 165, a new title, Mm -hmm. Conor McGregor versus Nate Diaz 3. Unbelievable. So you still have Conor at the top of this story right there. Mm -hmm. Now, that's without a title. If you talk about with a title, you talk about the, uh, uh, the obvious, the fact that, you know, um ddp just won a title the story is there because you got to have a story involved as as well there's got to be something to sell this right well you need a freak show fight israel adesanya against ddp for that title at 300 we've talked about this in the past as well that's something that is excitable that's something that is palatable that is something Mm -hmm. that is sellable 
And now you've got the fact that the new one coming into the mix is Leon Edwards. Leon Edwards and Bilal Muhammad, too. Bilal Muhammad, who is undeniably the guy who should be in line for that title against Leon Edwards. No doubt about it. There's a history there. It's the only fight that Bilal Muhammad has lost in like 372,000 years. And it was, you know, uh, I mean, let's, let's get realistic. That's the fight that he needs. But there's not enough juice behind that story. Ladies and gentlemen, as much as I try to say to you, that's a great fight. I love that. And that fight could main event UFC 301. No questions asked. There's a bit of money that needs to be made on somebody's contract that it's not going to be made through one doorway. The wolves are hungry. There is one particular wolf with the last name Aspinall. That is hungry for a fight at UFC 300. I do not think he's getting the big man, John Jones. Do we throw some meat to these wolves by getting Brock Lesnar paid and completely removed from the Endeavor landscape now? Get what you need out of him. You don't have to break contracts. He goes in there. He's a sacrificial lamb. Because I think I think Tommy Aspinall would run circles around Brock within two minutes. That is a thing that would piss off so many people in the WWE universe and the IWC. Absolutely 100%. Because this is what it does. If he goes in there and takes that fight with Tom Aspinall, you have to know at that point he's done. He's not going back to the world of the WWE. And if he doesn't go back to the world of the WWE, he's done with wrestling. So it's going to have to be a huge payday because, yes, I agree. Tom Aspinall starches him. Mm Mm-hmm. And sends him off to the He rides off in the sunset in Saskatchewan. 100%. Don't get a twist. Mm -hmm. Love me some Brock Lesnar. He's a freak of nature. And he's done fantastic things inside of both sports. The way that he has elevated that. Yeah, that's absolutely a name that I would throw into the ring. Well, now he's got Greg Hardy. Right? Does Brock really have Greg Hardy? He He always did the the hardcore MMA fans. There's no court case. No, 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 I'm just talking about people that are buying pay-per-views. This is a public opinion. This is a court of public opinion at the end of the day, whereas, like, the Greg Hardy thing was, like, uh, that actually went, you know, was supposed to go to court. I'm not talking about the specific details and and the technicalities behind why. I'm talking about the image from from a fan base watching in from the mass. From the mass, the average person, if Brock gets booked, people are going to be in the corner of Tom Aspinall saying, drop this motherfucker. Like, get him out of here. They've been in that corner ever since the beginning. Yeah, since day one with Brock. Against Brock Lesnar. They did it in that first fight with Frank Muir, and you even saw with the refereeing, and that was like, nah, I don't see a tap. I don't care if it's on my own face. I don't see it. You saw that in every single one. You know, uh, From Randy Couture, he had heat. He had heat when he did uh, the fight with Alistair, the Kane. Kane fight Shane Sherwin. People were like, Shane's yep. gonna rip his head off. Like they mm-hmm. no one ever gave Brock a chance. And even with the the Mark Hunt thing, he got a lot of heat after testing pissing hot. And you know, Mark went on his campaign for how many years, right? Still on it. Yeah. He's still on it. So yeah. I mean, yeah, that absolutely is a name that you could throw out there for UFC 300. Again, around the same time as WrestleMania. Ladies and gentlemen, this spring is gonna be dope as hell, Brady. What's like, AEW doing this spring? Uh, they'll probably have 37 pay-per-views all within the span of a week. 
I mean, who knows? Because I don't want to hate on AEW. I think they no, have I don't. the opportunity right now to really whatever fan base they lost, like that hardcore, let's say the I don't even want to call them the internet fan base. I'm and I'm not trying to be AEW has a chance right now. They're yeah. never going to suppress WWE. It's not going to happen. It's not even the same. It's apples to oranges, right? So it's all fruit, but it's apples to oranges. I do think they have an opportunity right now that if people that are sour on the industry and sour on Vince and sour on the process could go over there and learn how to enjoy wrestling for the short time until WrestleMania season. Right. Tony, do some stuff. Get Eddie Kingston on your TV more. Get FTR in a in a more predominant role. Take the young bucks out back and put a bullet in them. Give Sting a proper send off. Like there's things you can do right now to make everybody happy and make your TV enjoyable. Speaking of oranges, let's squeeze that one for a second, Orange Cassidy, and do something different with him for you know a bit. Is is that is that what it is? Do you think? Do you think that they're like some of the characters that made AEW what it what it was or what it is, maybe they're getting stale. Maybe they need to switch it up. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if if you saw an Orange Cassidy go full heel, like just full blown heel? Yeah, it works for Luchasaurus. And start working faster than everybody, like just completely change everything up out the gate. Mm-hmm. Right. This is the season that we're seeing stuff like that happen. You talk about like there, you know, stuff happening in in AEW. You got stuff happening over in Impact as well, where we're seeing Cody Deaner, guy who was just on here, you know, talking about the what uh, the him and him and his partner there, the design, right? Ron is saying that the design is dead. Hmm. So you've seen this happening. So you you're going to see some evolution of characters. You're going to see some changing up of characters. I think you know you have to. AEW definitely has to because I think that some of those guys. I I here's always been my kind of thing with AEW is I don't think that there's there's not enough there's not enough middle of the road. There's not enough mid card guys. Okay. What? And I don't mean that. Uh, hold on. Hear me out here. I feel like that's all they have. No, no. Hear me out here. And, and I, and I mean this in maybe a different way because you have a lot of guys who have that high star power. You have your, your stings, your John Moxley's, your, you know, your Kenny Omega's you have the, you have those guys that were the a side of the entire company. Right. And then they filled it up and they brought in a bunch of a bunch of younger talent to fill to fill it up. A bunch of your Darby Allens, a bunch of your Luchasauruses, a bunch of your, you know, Jack Perry's and and, and then brought in a punk over there. But there was never there was always this. You had like two locker rooms. You know what I mean? You had these these really big names and these people that weren't really big names. There was never like this this growth period, I think it always just kind of felt that way. So you always, you still have a company that is just full of hungry, hungry, young talent wanting to get noticed. Right. But the world of professional wrestling, the world of professional wrestling wants to have that old guard 
there alongside of them, so to speak, to show them along the way, because it's a it's a it's a matter of comfort as well when you're watching those shows. Well, so yes, this is a perfect time to take somebody like an FTR and elevate them to that next level. Absolutely elevate them to that next level. Speaking of comfort, hunger. If we do, if we want to be comfortable and and not stay hungry, we're going to have to take a quick sponsor break. Um, I believe we have another uh, another message from our friend KJ, our lovely intern. Let's hope that doesn't get us banned from YouTube or Spotify. We'll be back right after this here on the Law Live Audio Wrestling. Are you in the market for a used vehicle for your family or business? North Toronto Auction hosts public auctions twice a month and everyone's invited. Hundreds of cars, trucks, SUVs, commercial vehicles, and heavy equipment are available. Plus, travel trailers, motorcycles, snowmobiles, ATVs, and more. View the entire selection at NorthTorontoAuction.com. Bid online or bid in person. Bid on items from government agencies, financial companies, fleet managers, car dealers, and public insiders. For more information, visit us online at NorthTorontoAuction.com. Hey, did you know that Saturday, February 24th, Destiny World Wrestling returns to Oshawa and the Children's Arena for Destiny's Reckless? Is that the event featuring the indie god himself, Matt Cardona? You bet it is. I heard he's not going to be there alone. I heard Steph Delander showing up. I heard Fighter Flight is showing up. Vanna Black, Tara Zep, Lince Dorado, and a whole bunch more. Man, you better get your tickets now. They're on sale at www.destinywrestling.ca. Don't miss out. Hit that subscribe button to get all the latest from The Law, live audio wrestling. Now back to the show. I'm KJ. Hello, hello, it is I, KJ Johnson from the Colossal Tussle Podcast with this classic clap back with KJ and we are talking WrestleMania 2, baby. There is more arenas, more lights, more glitz, more glamour, more celebrities, more action. And in this bit from April 7th, 1986, in the Rosemont Horizon, the opener was hot and heavy with the WWF Women's Title Match, Fabulous Moolah and Velvet McIntyre kicking it off right as we mean to go on in a 1 minute and 25 second match, with the ending being of the great Moolah flop for the victory, and ushering in the women's revolution, if you know what I'm talking about, as only Fabulous Moolah can do, <laughs> as well as as on this day, McMahon versus Moolah, the first ever donkey dick sucking competition. And until next time, I've been KJ Johnson. I'm KJ. Well, I do want to say that this is all speculation, and the views of that <laughs> of uh, KJ and the Colossal Tussle podcast, albeit hilarious as hell are those of his own. You can send that hate mail to the law dash live audio wrestling at gmail.com. And we'll be happy to uh, answer those for you. Wow. He's fired. We got to fire him. (laughs) I won't do it. I won't do it. And you know why I won't do it, Brady? Two reasons. Number one, we don't keep no leashes on our boys around here. Oh, Jesus Christ. 
And number two, free speech. Okay. Okay, KJ, your your job is safe for another week. Yeah, I I can't make any promises for next week because who knows? I might not even be around. Uh, Well, well, listen. Going from one deviant to another deviant. Yeah. Let's have a quick talk. Uh, Like I said, if you want to hear in detail, you can go to uh, the Law-Live Audio Wrestling and check out our half an hour talk on this matter. But real quick, uh, convince McMahon, stay out of jail. Chris, what do you think? Convince. 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 Well, I think that that's the word right there is he's going to have to do some heavy, heavy convincing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, see what um, I did there? Um, Dad jokes. No, listen. I think, I personally think that Vince avoids jail on this uh, the same way that he always has up to this point. Anytime any of these allegations, anytime any of these uh, situations arise, pays them out that's exactly what's going to happen again the unfortunate thing is is all of this stuff is going to be out in the news it's going to be a while it's going to get really really nasty and i think that that's going to be once again paid out and that'll be the end of it i don't think that uh uh, but the only thing is you won't see him around the world of wrestling anymore that's a shame well, and I'm not not that he's not around the world of wrestling. I mean, it's a shame that he's not going to do any time. I do believe, uh, you know, his mom lived to 90-something mm-hmm. or 100 years old, right? So she was like 99. I think if he lives that long, he should spend his time behind bars and everybody else that was involved. How old is he now? 70. I think he's almost 80. Yeah. Yeah. 20 I years. Don't... I, I think I think personally that you know as well as I do that he's got enough money that this whole thing could end up dragging on for years and years and years. Does he just get on a plane and fuck off to Dubai? To the point, to the point where the plaintiff will run out of money and then gonna need some money and and Vince will be that. right back to right back to point A and be like, listen, we stopped this whole thing. You take this wheelbarrow that used to be a truckload. You take this wheelbarrow full of money and you bugger off someplace. Well, you know, people with law degrees and, uh, you know, law backgrounds and people with badges and little flip, flip, sure. little flip badges and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. They're involved now. So we I know don't got that. No, I no. don't got none of those things. But you know what I do got? I do got a minute or two inside of a courtroom. Right. So I can tell you straight up that there's going to be, I don't care what book you put out there, care that you call it the Bible. It's going to be lies. There's going to be lies to be able to get out of this on both part. There's going to be lies to make people look bad. There's going to be lies to make yourself look good. So at the end of the day, this is going to get gross and it's going to get ugly. But I think that how Vince McMahon stays out of jail is with money. Same way that he got into this situation is the same way that he gets out of this situation with money. And then everybody else has just had something to talk about for the last however many months it is that this goes on for. We've taken away everything we've loved from the world of professional wrestling and put all of the energy into this. When everybody should just be out there focusing 
on the fact that you love this wrestling stuff so much that it doesn't matter who the leader of the fucking ship is. Yeah, goddamn right? it. Get out there and support it. Let this courtroom shit play itself out, people. Yeah, no, you know, here's the thing. If we even say this is the last time we're talking about it, something else is going to happen. By Tuesday, we'll have a video or audio. Out. Yeah, it won't be the, I'm not going to say it's going to be the last time we're going to talk about it because it won't be the last time we're going to talk about it. <laughs> Right. So stay tuned, kids, for more criminal activity here on the law. Live audio. <laughs> All, right. All right. All right. Thanks, Prospector Joe. You son of a bitch. Well, I don't I don't know. I don't know. I feel I feel like I'm uh the, if anybody has been listening to us consistently, they don't want to hear sure. my take on this anymore. Like I said, I I've I've said everything I can say. I think if he if if 10% of this is true, lock him the fuck up. Well, listen. If that's the case, then let the courts do what they're supposed to do. And let's go. I don't want to hear anybody bitching about anything if it doesn't happen the way that they want it to happen. Can we start a Vince McMahon death pool? Nope. I think he's dead within a year. Nope. I don't do any more of those death pools because both of the Olsen twins are still alive and they've cost me a lot of money over the years. <gasps> okay, we got it. Take another quick little commercial. Uh, we have another message from our intern. If we're going to get canceled, we might as well do it all together in the same block. Uh, when we come back, we'll do a little quick preview of the Highlanders, and then we'll, we'll get our audio listeners off to that, and our YouTube listeners will close this out, and it should be available for you by the time this is done. So, uh, yeah, stay tuned here on The Law Live Audio Wrestling. Do you have a podcast? Are you looking for high-profile guests for your show but don't know how to get in touch with them? Go to podstars.net. That's podstars with a Z.net. For less than $9 a month, you can get access to a huge selection of celebrity guests like wrestling superstar The Blue Meanie to musicians like Marty Ray and even actors like Tom Arnold. Podstars is the place to go to connect with everything you need for your podcast. So go to podstars.net with a Z to get signed up. At podstars.net, you'll be happy that you did. It is I, KJ Johnson, and this is your classic clapback with KJ. Talk about King of the Ring 1998. Now, I know what you're thinking. You want to talk about the Hell in a Cell. No, 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 no. No Undertaker and Mankind here. I want to talk about another first, and that be when history was made with too much. Brian Christopher and Scott Taylor taking on Al Snow and the Head. It was a first time ever in the center of the ring where our dear Brian Christopher covered head with a bottle of head and shoulders. The Head had shoulders. The Head had shoulders shoulders do you get it because i certainly do and our proud papa jerry lawler was there to count the pinfall to keep on going with his hall of fame career oh and by the way vince mcmahon fucked a chicken to death with the big boss man's nightstick until next time classic catbacks with kj i'm kj We're back here on the law live audio wrestling. All right, that last one got me. I like the last one. The nightstick, you know. But KJ, okay, next week if you're because li- I know he watches the show. KJ, no more Vince talk. Just give us a highlight of some point of history, and that's it. Well, there you have it, folks. 
there you have it. The show All right. is falling apart. I love it. No, it's 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 uh it was never together in the first place. <laughs> Who are we kidding? It's hard to fall apart when you don't have anything holding it together. Well, uh, anyone that listened to the law for like the past 15 years when it was in the hands of different hosts, they're like, This isn't the same show. And we're like, No, 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 we're going back to when it started in the 90s. Yeah, yeah. This is the way, that, yeah. <laughs> the way yeah, yeah, yeah. this is originally yeah. the law, guys. This is how it was. Unbelievable. Wow, oh, right. unreal. All right, so listen. Thank you so much. We've covered a lot of stuff. I do want to mention very quickly because we didn't get to talk about it when we were talking about the world of uh, combat sports is mm -hmm. that we are only one event away from UFC 298. The wheels are in motion, 298, 299, 300. We're into that field. This is the road to 300. It's the UFC's, you know, kind of like their answer to the road to WrestleMania. Right. Yeah. We're on the road to 300 right now. And coming up is a fight night. Listen, if you miss this last one, don't miss the next one where it's Jock Hermanson, Jock Hermanson, uh, and Joe Pfeiffer. Joe Pfeiffer, look, he's looking to get himself into the rankings. And this middleweight main event that's going to, I mean, this is Pfeiffer's, this is Pfeiffer's chance. I don't know if you know this or not. Joe Pfeiffer actually, rumor has it, Joe Pfeiffer actually beat Francis Ngannou at that punch power machine mm -hmm. that they have. Right? Well, the, company's, the company's Yacher behind Monson, him. I think Dan, Dana even bought him a house. Yacher Monson is a guy who needs to get this win because his last fight was him losing to um, uh, Roman Delice. Well, yeah, the guy who just yeah. lost this past yeah. weekend. Right. So this is a perfect chance. Listen, we all know that MMA math doesn't really map out all that well. Uh, so don't try to do it. Uh, it's just a, a matter of, you know, throwing stuff. Uh, it's a matter of making sure that uh, you're in the right place at the right time. Another big card coming up is going to be Dan Ige and Andre Touchy Feely. I mean, that's a hell of a fight in itself. Brad Tavares is fighting Michael Johnson is going to be fighting on this card. We're talking about a guy who's 22 and 19, right? We've got so many fights coming up that they've had to put some of these guys on, on these other cards. The UFC is doing amazing fights right now. So uh, it goes without saying that we want to go out there and check all of that stuff out as well. Now, that being said, we also have a night coming up where it's going to be the PFL versus Bellator, basically. Oh, right? yeah. yeah. These fights are coming up uh, where they've got champs versus champs. And so we're going to break that down a little bit more uh, as we get closer. Probably next week, we'll break that down a little bit more. Now, Brady, mm -hmm. let's talk a little bit about our friends that are coming up in this week's episode of TID's A Kick in the Head. Robbie and Rory. I don't know if this has ever, if this has ever happened, you know, uh, in doing, in, in talking to them, uh, if it has happened, it has been many, many years since the two of them have sat down together. Now I know that they've done different podcasts and shows, you know, separately, but they've never done one together. So the fact that we were able to pull this off, and get the two of them to, together to talk about the stuff that they talked about. Holy crap. 
everything from getting duped for thousands of dollars. Okay, I don't know. Listen, secret time. Yeah. Everybody close it. Close it real close. Real close. Get close to your speakers. Because uh, I oh, didn't God. want I didn't want to say this uh, when we were talking about it with those guys. The amount of money that they paid to get into the wrestling business, uh, the person that they paid that to, um, I didn't give them a dime. Not one penny. Okay, you're creeping me out. Yeah, no, you didn't pay them. No, the, if you okay, so you get that in the beginning of the interview. Uh, Rory specifically talks about the amount of money that it cost him to go from yeah. from Scotland here to Canada. Yeah. Training to wrestle. It is one of the craziest. I've never heard of anyone's paying that much money to get into the business outside of being a promoter. It, it's it's insane. It's insane. The cost. And I don't know if it was completely paid to that person, but the cost that it took for him to Nuts. follow to follow his dream was unreal. It, the it amount of off, money it, it did pay off because he he ended up on TV. Uh, it, with Roddy Piper in his home country working for the WWE, that is unbelievable. The talk that we have about about them and their their undying love for one Johnny Ace uh, is is wow. That's a lie. They don't love Johnny oh. Ace. I got the exact opposite when I previewed the episode. Oh, I feel like they okay. don't like Johnny Ace very much. I mean, uh, oh, that that might be the case. My bad. Well, we'll have to find uh, out together. Um, audio listeners, like we said, it's seamless. We've said it so many times you don't want to hear it anymore. It will be right after yeah. this. Um, to our YouTube listeners, find it in our in our archive here when you're done uh, listening to this, if you've gotten this far. So this will be one of many. We're definitely going to have them back on because we just, you know, hit the tip of the iceberg um, with these guys. So. Stay tuned for the Highlanders, former WWE tag team superstars. And Chris, I just want to say thanks for having me on as your co-host again. Thank you very much to the listeners, watchers, wherever you're finding us on SMNE Radio, whether that's YouTube, iHeartRadio, iTunes, uh, Spotify, wherever you get your stuff. Uh, yeah, that's it for me. You got anything you want to say before we roll this ride out? Well, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see that little scrolly thing telling you to go over to my YouTube channel, which is at TidTalk, T-I-D-T-A-L-K. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter. I'm not calling it X yet because I don't believe in it. And that is at Notorious T-I-D, all one word. You can check all of that stuff out. Other than that, you know what? I think it's been one hell of a day. It's been one hell of a week. Whoo, it can only get better from here. Uh, so, Brady, thank you so much, as always. This is the Law Live Audio Wrestling. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, always remember, the only way you're not going to get knocked out is to tuck that chin. Hello, special friends. You can catch Greg and Brad, your smack daddies, each weekend on the SNME Radio Network. We cover our lives, what's happening on the East Coast, and eventually cover SmackDown. Check us out each week at SundayNightsMainEvent.com. Please subscribe to get your Smack Daddies and the rest of the SNME Radio Network content directly to your podcatcher for less than a dollar a week. We the ones!
I don't care what anybody says. That is the grooviest intro in the world. So thank you so much to all of the producers there. This is our uh, most most fun part of the show. TID's kicking the head right here on the Law Live Audio Wrestling. Uh, as you can see, I am joined this week by not one. It's usually just one, but this is the first time, the first time in history on this show, I think, that we've done a tag team spot. I'm not talking about the kind that you hear in the news nowadays. We're talking about old school wrestling with two of the dudes that were there during the, during the WWE heydays. We're talking like, you know, early, mid-2000s. We're talking guys who weren't afraid to go out in skirts. I'll say it because we're, we're not in the same room. Fuck you guys. Uh, but you know what? Talents that I've known for holy crap since the beginning – I'm talking about the Highlanders. I'm talking about Robbie. I'm talking about his cousin, Rory. Guys, how's it going today? Pretty good. Fucking awesome. I got scared there for a second, man. You said it was a tag team spot. I'm like, ah, fuck, Robbie's going to blow it. (laughs) 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 Hey, well, you know what? My back's a little bigger now right now, so I could probably carry it. No. Uh, it's tremendous guys thank you so much for joining me here um i don't know if this has been done certainly not done here and uh i want to we usually start right at the very beginning because that's a lot of fun and then we build it up you know just it's like a match this is what we're doing here right and here's the weird and kind of funny thing is all three of us all three of us share the same trainer right in waldo von eric Yep. I know how I ended up there. How did you two knuckleheads end up there? (laughs) I I can go real. I'll go real fast because the story is a little longer. Um, (laughs) Actually, I was, I was searching for a school because I had seen a couple shows. I believe you were on one of them, uh, Ted. And, uh, and I'd seen a few. So, I had started searching for schools and because I only lived in Woodstock, Cambridge was real close. And uh, I, I took the drive up there and, and, and met the fat man himself, triple cheeseburger, cheeseburger uh, layer on uh, cheese on each layer. And uh, I knew he, I knew what he was. And uh, basically um, I, I didn't get the, I didn't get the shaft that most people got because I only ended up paying like, I think it was like, $3,500 and I, and I used the place for more than a year and I didn't pay any extra insurances and all that. And it was, it was pretty straight. I knew what I was getting. I met Waldo that day, the very first day I was there. And, but I knew I could, I could just, you know, meeting the grease to cheeseburger man. Uh, you, you just, you could see through all this shit where everybody else on the phone, they're not going to get to see who he is. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Russ, how about you? Ah, fuck. I'm going to sound like a real goddamn rube. Um... <laughs> no, no. No, you're not. Okay, let me preface this then. Let me preface this to everybody who's listening. Um, what we're talking about here, when they say greasy cheeseburger, man, we're talking about the, the Hart Brothers School of Wrestling in Cambridge, Ontario. We're talking about a guy who, as I'm throwing up air quotes here, Ike Shaw was his work name uh, for those two matches that he ever fucking had. His real name, you know, you can look it up, figure it out, no big deal. Um but he had the handle of being able to, man, that dude was smooth on the phone. He oh, could yeah. talk from a distance 
whoo, once you got face to face, you were like, oh, oh, it's this kind of guy. And he was a shyster. Absolutely. From day one, trying to get people to invest shares into a company that wasn't even registered anywhere. Right. (laughs) Trying to get people to live there. And he did a great job because he had the ability to get people on the phone to make you believe that he knew a lot more people than he really did. And he had reach. He was able to advertise on the internet worldwide. Right. And draw people in who were there. So go ahead, Rory. Two matches. So the old fucker had two matches, but to say he wasn't a worker is is crazy. He was one of the best workers I ever fucking met. So I'm 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 gone. I had uh, my former career had taken a shit, and uh, I'm back at home, and I'm just you know I'm fucking hating life, and I get home one day to work, and and my buddy's like. I threw my keys there. I said, I'm fucking done. I can't do this anymore, man. I'm soaking wet. I'm freezing fucking cold. You know, my brother left and joined the military. I don't know what the fuck to do. And and he's like, oh, yeah, but you're Scottish. What are you going to do? And he was watching Monday Night Raw, and I said, fuck, I'm going to do that. I says, they look fucking happy. You know, I says, those guys look what they're fucking blast. So, as you said, man, I went on the internet, and what was the first one that fucking popped up? It was good old fucking Hard Brothers Ike Shop. <laughs> Call him up and it's this guy's like, he's like, kid, I can tell just by listening to you, you got what you got what it takes. He's like, fucking, I can hear the passion in your voice, that's the start. He's like, Listen, let me tell you what we got here. We got a fucking premier Dakota studio. We got a premier studio. It's on a lake. We got a couple of boats. We got some Ford Explorers for all the guys. Uh, <laughs> he's like, I'll take care of everything. I'll take care of your visa. I'll take care of your fucking uh, your studio fees. I'll take care of this, that, and the other, and and, and fucking thank me for sixteen grand. Um, so did I? Did, I literally because I. <laughs> so I told everybody back home. I'm like, hey man, this guy's gonna make me a fucking star. He's like, so I'm willing to invest the money. So I sold my fucking car. And I sold everything I had, like fucking everything, and you know, fucking borrowed money from my mom <laughs> and sent this guy the money. And I'm like, fucking right, dude, I got this. So I fly all the way to Canada, and this <laughs> fucking scraggedy ass dude picks me up. And I just, you were you were there, weren't you? So I, I wasn't. I wasn't there to pick you up. That's right. Was he was I at the school. school. Yeah. So fucking Rory Polfis picks me up. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at this guy and I'm like, he looks like he just ate his fucking lunch off his ACDC shirt. <laughs> guy's a fucking mess. And he takes me to his car and he's got, I think it was a 1978 blue Cutlass Supreme. <laughs> it was definitely a Cutlass <laughs> And I'm like, hey, brother, where's the Explorers, man? He's like, he just looked at me and went, oh, fuck, another one. And uh, <laughs> I get to the school and I'm like, he's like, we're here. I'm like, where, where, the, where the fuck's the lake? You know what I mean? Like, where's where's the fucking houseboats and shit this guy's talking about? Where's the studio? And, and it was a fucking dollar store. <laughs> and, and he's like, no, he's, he's like, he's like messing up. No, it wasn't the dollar store even. No, no. Fucking upstairs. Upstairs. <laughs> so, dude, my, the first thing I fucking see, man, we, we, <laughs> he opens the door and we go upstairs. 
and there was an old guy that looked like he was decomposing and he was holding his cock and he was just bending it over his fucking cock and he's wearing that Herbie, dick. Herbie. <laughs> Poor Herb, eh? And this guy's just standing holding his dick and I'm at the halfway up the stairs and I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, you gotta be kidding. And I go upstairs and the place smells like feet. And it was fucking disastrous, man. It was an absolute fucking nightmare. But uh, that was that was my first glimpse. Yeah. Uh, in pro wrestling, and I go up there and Wild Thing Juan Ortiz and uh, Lars Phoenix were in the ring, and they're kind of they're doing stuff, and I'm like, I don't look like TV. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, no. <laughs> but there's a fine collection of pictures on the wall. Oh there yeah, was. I, I never. I was too. Day and one and, and tanning bed, huh? Yeah, with fucking fluorescent tubes on it. So okay, and one press rack. One now, yeah, one, one press rack. rack. Yeah, and the <laughs> stiffest, the stiffest ring in the shortest room. Oh, ever. Yeah. There was no movement in that ring whatsoever. No. And the best part, the best part, because you guys then meet, you know, Waldo. And everything yep. like that. And was his when you guys were there, because you were there after I was gone from there, was his back machine still in there? He yes. had this table, you know, the table that you would lay on that would roll roll the spine. No, yeah, yeah. The spine, but he managed to find a professional uh a professional model to take pictures of that rang, isn't that right, Robbie? <laughs> oh man. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Yeah, fucking so, so you guys, so you guys both end up trained enough to be like, you know what, we're going to like, you're not waiting for anybody's blessing to start working, are you? You know what, we, I want to say we, once we paired up, mm-hmm. we they like, I, I learned what I could from what I could, if you understand. Yep. And uh, and once once Rory came, um. He was there for about six weeks and then hurt his shoulder. But once he came, we worked together and just did stuff together and tried to figure it out ourselves and basically mm-hmm. taught our taught ourselves. Like it's not like it, it was the blind leading the blind there, you know. The you know we there's been a couple names on this show so far. Nobody knows who they are. You know. So <laughs> did one hundred percent? Did you? Did you did you know right away when you met it? Okay, we're gonna start like really investing ourselves and our brains right into tag team wrestling. Pretty much because yeah. I had the idea to do a Scottish character, uh, and I wasn't allowed to do anything else. And and I was <laughs> gonna do uh, as soon as you uh, gonna, gob. It was, it was like a tribute <laughs> to my grandfather. And then when Rory came, it was like, well, why? You know, why not? It's it, it just makes sense. And then we just, we went with it. You know, the, the thing was like, we were pretty, I, th- I think I was, I was there for a little bit before I met Robbie. And, and when he showed up, um, we kind of, I, I knew what I was looking at. I knew that, you know, my money's fucking gone. So I'm left with two options here, man. Like I go home, which everybody was expecting. Not one person expected me to stick at it. You know, I go home and I have nothing and I'm starting from the ground up in a situation that I just fucking left for nothing or 
I went into this 100%, and uh, I gave it all. And, you know, Robbie told me, he's, he's like, listen, man, this is, you're not the first person that's been fucking ripped off here. He's like, I've seen a few since I've been here. You know, guys that show up for a week or two and then fucking leave and go back to England or Germany or wherever the fuck they came from. He's like, uh, but there was a there was a natural bond between me, like immediate bond between me and Robbie. You know, I was like, okay, this is a this is a righteous dude. This guy's, I can, he's got a lot of passion. He's got a big personality. You know what I mean? He's and, and we just started talking. I mean, it was almost like I'd known this guy for twenty years when I first met him, and, and he opened up his life to me. He's like, hey man, if you want to stay in my fucking house, just let me know. I'll see if I can find you a job. I mean, he was beyond gracious. You know what I mean? Like, genuinely beyond gracious. And uh, I was like, okay, so there's a ring. There's a guy that I trust. Let's fucking see where this will take us. You know what I mean? Like, the worst thing that can happen is I'll go back to where I'm at anyways. And I go, I'm still young. I'm 23 years old. You know, I can still claw and trying to make it. Or I can stay here with this guy, and I vowed to him, I'd give him everything I had, and he did the same. I'm like, fuck it, let's see where it goes, man. So we learned enough, just enough to be able to go, okay, we can go in there, man. We know we can fucking bump for anybody. We can do anything. Um, let's let's get the fuck out of here as quickly as we can, you know. So that was that was the that was the the end of the beginning, I think, is this. And and the nice thing was is it was at a time where like being a a gimmick tag team there wasn't there wasn't that going on right no so it worked out really well especially like you're, you're breaking into in ontario the scene was still really hot yeah at the time right um but you get the fuck out yeah. you get the fuck out of ontario immediately <laughs> Right? Did you guys who whose idea was it? Did you get a phone call? Tell me the process. How you end up down in OVW? Whoa, that's a long process, man. That's yeah. a long, very it's long process. Tougher for you. It's got to be tougher for you, Rory, because now you've jumped from from Scotland to Canada. Now trying to get into the states. You know, I don't. I don't think it was because I, dude, I was willing to be a journeyman. You know. Mm -hmm. Robbie, I mean, dude, he had a good career and he had a family and everything else. So, you know, it was always going to be how far was he willing to go? How much was he willing to sacrifice? Because I had nothing, man. I didn't have a home. I didn't have a fuck. I mean, I had absolutely nothing. This guy gave up what most people would consider a very healthy life because I'm, you know, because I'm wrestling in myself. So, we would, I mean, we, we, Robbie was, you know, aggressive at going after it, you know, sending out tapes and everything else. And I, I was sending out tapes and doing all that stuff. And uh, I think probably the luckiest thing that happened to us was when we did a show with ACW and here comes Sweet Stevie Lee, Brian Ireland, you know, uh, Danny Daniels from ECW and those guys came up and, and almost immediately took us under their wing, um, which kind of opened up a little bit of a, um, the states to us. But Robbie had also been pressing heading out east. And I, I don't know exactly how you got hooked up with Mike Spada. You'd be able to <laughs> uh, there, there's, a, there's a promoter named Mike Spada, Mike Spada in, uh, in Massachusetts. And, uh, and we actually went to, 
we'd heard about him through uh, a guy named Dave Barry, who was once known as Quincy Valentino. Yes. Um, and and we can talk about him all day, but uh, we won't. <laughs> yeah, and, no, no, we're trying to keep we're trying to keep people listening to the show. <laughs> <laughs> We're worst chop in the business, but anyway. Uh, uh, so we, we hooked up with him, and you know we weren't getting a lot of opportunities in Ontario, so we were going elsewhere to to seek it, seek our our you know where we wanted to go. And Quinson took us down to uh, Mike Sparta's W. I think it was called WWA, and he had always had a lot of stars come through and in and out of there. And Danny Davis, the old referee, was there. Mm-hmm. And Dr. Tom frequented every it's couple months. So it just happened to be the right place, the right time. And uh, we, we met Dr. Tom down in, in Massachusetts. And, and then it was, uh, it was the tag team of phone calls for, for probably a year and a half to uh, bust his balls and, and, you know, get a shot. We lied our asses off to this guy, man. Like, yeah. don't, he knew who we were. Like, he knew exactly who we were. You know what I mean? Like, he, he knew I had absolutely nothing. I had no visa or anything else. Um, but Chris Candido was also down there at the time. And uh, Chris, we did this gimmick together. It was, uh, do you remember? It was with, uh, I was talking about teeth. We did a tag match. It was, it was us against Chris Candido and Dangerous Danny Davis. Yeah, and, but then, uh, then we, we, we went out there. We went out there and and impressed Chris and Danny uh, with the ability to just work with them mm-hmm. and not not uh, you know just a couple spots, a finish, go out and work with them, and then uh, yeah. uh, we impressed them enough that you know of course Dr. Tom's like so how are they? And then uh, Chris Chris Candido put us over, and and so did Danny Davis and. They, they liked our in-ring ability and, uh, you know, and then, like say, we, well, we they, started. Yeah, the, the cool thing with that is, like, Tom never charges. For, we would go to all the Dr. Tom seminars, and he never charges a penny. And at this time, he was still the uh, head of talent relations for WWE. Right. So this is kind of when we started. This is before Tommy Dreamer. So me and Robbie would just lie our fucking asses off to him. We'd be like, hey, man. We see the show is going to be in Montreal this week. We're in Montreal. Can we get <laughs> and he'd be like, are you sure you're in Montreal? We're like, fuck yeah, we're in Montreal, man. And then he'd go to Montreal. <laughs> then we'd, we'd be like, hey, Tom, see the show is in Kansas City. Hey, man, we're in Kansas City. Just fucking line our asses up. But he knew. <laughs> he told me later that he knew we were fucking lying to him, but he also knew we were fucking flat broke. And we were journeymen, you know what I mean? We, so, we, would, we would go. We would go wherever because we want we wanted it that much. And if they and were going to open the door, we were going to be there. Yeah, the, the, there was no tryouts at that time. You know what I mean? So we said you would go. You would get your two hundred bucks. You get your ass whipped and you would leave. But we did that for two straight years, almost every month or every other month. And then Tommy Dreamer became the head of talent relations, and apparently, for some reason, he said I always used to pop him. I don't know why, you know what I mean? <laughs> but he's like, just something about you is fucking weird. You pop me, he's like, I like you in your present. And he did the same thing for me and Rob, but he started putting us on there, you know? So, I don't know, it's probably two years after that with Robbie, I think, right? And yeah. I, we're like, 
you know, we, we, we can't fucking, we can't do this anymore, man. Like, we got to get a job. I think we got to get a job. So we pulled Johnny Ace aside and uh, we were like, listen, man, we, we need a job. But I think we'll be coming here for, you know, two years now. Fucking, we give you what you want. You always say we do good matches. Like, give us a job. And he looked at both of us and went, no. And he's like, uh, I think he gave us something. Robbie's memory's way better than mine. I, was, I think he told us, like, come back in about three months. And if you impress, oh, oh yeah, yeah, he gave you the old the old uh, second quarter. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, Come back in the second quarter. Yeah, big time. He's like, if you impress me, he says we'll talk about it. He says, but if you don't, then that's it. And I think where was that? It was the East Coast? Wasn't it, Robbie? Was that? Uh, that was. Uh, I want to say so. That uh, was it. Providence or maybe Syracuse? Yes. Yeah, I think it might have been Syracuse. It might have been Syracuse because we ended up driving the wrong way a little ways. No, it was Providence because uh, Kazarian let us fucking sleep in his hotel room that night. Because we. That's right. That's <laughs> right. So, so yeah. So basically, he said, uh, you know, you know, you, you guys are doing good. You, we like what you see, but you know, you're not. You know, we could put kilts on any guys in OVW and call them the Highlanders and. And he goes, you know, he looked over at Rory and he goes, I got lots of bald guys here. Look at Kurt, you know, Kurt Angles, you know, same height, same height, basically. And he, he was kind of picking on Rory and he, he looked at me and goes, your partner, he's got a little more height. He's, he's, you know, at the time I was a little more Jack, but Rory got much bigger after that. <laughs> and, uh, Mexican supplements, brother. <laughs> and, uh, and then, uh, basically we, we went home with our tails between our legs and uh, that's when, when they said, you know, go away for three or four months and that, that you come back, show us something different and, or that that's it. We're not bringing you in anymore. And, and uh, that was, that was my and, favorite and, and part. Johnny Ace was always against us. Anyhow, he didn't really, he didn't want us. He, he, he wasn't fans of ours, like, like Vince or Stephanie or, or the other people. Yeah. And, you know, when he was in the position he was in right beside Vince, he, but Vince liked this, which was a good thing. Mm-hmm. However, he held us back a lot. And, mm-hmm. but then uh, the Highlanders were born after, uh, after what do you think the, the Highlanders? We, we <laughs> drove... mm-hmm. I was just, just going to say, why do you think that is? Uh, I've always Johnny? wondered. That. Yeah. With Johnny. Uh, I can tell you exactly why it was. I've heard okay. people backstage and actually I've heard, uh, I've heard Pritchard's brother talk about it. Um, at the time, what you get, what was seen on TV wasn't me and Robbie. That was a manufactured kind of thing. You know what I mean? They thought we were funny. We were doing sketches in OVW. Um, there were some people backstage, Regal being one of them, that kept making comments as to the sheep herders. He said, these guys could be the new sheep herders. These guys are fucking vicious. You know, they know how to shoot. They're, they're fucking, they're, they've got a good look. You know, the Celtic warrior thing. So that, that was getting brought up a lot. And I think Johnny took, I think he took a little bit of offense to that, you know, because obviously him being one of the greatest flag wavers of all fucking time. Right. Um, made that feel <laughs> yeah. that he has solidified his spot in fucking history. You know, and the most famous thing he did was fucking marry the Bella's mom. But, uh, that was always something that really irked him. So me and Robbie went back. We go back home, and uh, well, home. I'm at the fucking gym, 
and uh, we call each other the next because I don't think we spoke more than five minutes all the way from Providence back to Ontario. And uh, we call each other. I call him the next day. And I'm like, oh, what are we going to do? Like, how are we going to make this look? And Robbie came up. He liked the kind of pugilist look, you know, with the fucking the, the, the throw tied around the waist and everything else, mm-hmm. the old school pugilist. And I'm like, listen, man, nobody's had a fucking big beard. I can't go here. I can't change the fact that Johnny doesn't like I'm bald. I'm like, what grow these huge ass fucking beards? I'm like, nobody's got big beards. You know what I mean? So we then make the ballsy decision that when we go down, it says three months later, we're heading down. We're going in wearing full fucking gimmick. And <laughs> I don't think either of us were like, this is a great idea. You know, <laughs> I just, I remember, I remember kind of feeling that this is either going to get us fucking hired or, or fucking you're blind bald, you know? Right. And we go walking in and Johnny sees us, right? Johnny sees us and he's like, what the fuck? And he, he literally says, stay right here. And, and I, at this point, this is how I remember it. Robbie's right, my memory's shite. At this point, I remember thinking, this is when security comes. This is when we have to leave. <laughs> <laughs> and he comes back with Vince. And Vince looks at us and he, he, he went, did you guys fucking show up wearing that? And we're like, yes, sir. And he just had this like, small smile on his face. And he's like, Johnny, give him a match. Because I want to see him work. And he walked away, and I remember, I don't know if I was, if, if we were still there, can't remember, but I remember the Hunter came up to us, and he was like, that is the most shameless fucking self-promotion I have ever seen. He went, I fucking love it. And, and Steph- of, Stephanie, Stephanie came over, and she yeah. goes, this is the best thing I've seen in 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> and we so were, we're like, we were fucking gas to the tree, dude. Like, I used to sweat <laughs> you. I used to sweat you and gum. <laughs> 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 well, you got to remember. You got to remember. I was I was there the day at a certain yeah. show in yeah. Ontario, when all of a sudden we've got to run down to the ring because old gas balls here's gets too blown up, and then yeah. out on the fucking ring was... apron. Yeah, I was in Brantford. That guy kicked me in the yeah. fucking head. All I know is show stops, and I'm like, ah, oh, shit, somebody's right. died on the apron. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? I don't even remember that match after that because Flex is like uh, it was Flex and Spears, wasn't it? And, yeah. Uh, Flex is like to some guy in the crowd, he's like, "Put your boot up," and he grabbed me, and I just see the guy pull his leg back, and I went, "Oh fuck!" And he oh, kicked me right in the fucking head. I don't remember anything after. Those but, are the worst, man. Oh, Those dude, are... it was funny, man. But that night they put us in with uh, it was. Matt Capitelli, God bless him, and The Miz, right? And me and Robbie had no idea who Matt Capitelli or The Miz were. We just knew they were OVW guys, and they had a job and we didn't, you know? And Robbie's like, all right, what do you want to do? I'm like, bro, we just got to beat the fuck out of them. <laughs> like, legit, I'm like, let's, you know, let's be this. Deafest motherfuckers will just put her shit in. Don't with nothing. The only way not to do that is to just fucking turn them up. Mm-hmm. And I think, dude, Robbie at one point, I remember smashed the Miz with an uppercut that I thought took his top teeth out. Like, fucking buff. And I just see the head fly back. And I'm like, oh, this is, we were having a blast. 
and we get <laughs> backstage and uh, we still had no idea what was going to happen. You know, they sent us home, right? <laughs> well, we got, we are we are going, we, we got sent, well, we didn't get sent home. We, we went, they basically said, we'll see you tomorrow night. And we went on, we went on the next night. Okay, just shout at them again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. But it got you a job. It, got it sure a- did. Right? It, sure it got did. you a job, and now you're in the system. And you're thinking to yourself, holy shit, this is it. I'm a rock star. Mm-hmm. Right? Pretty much. Pretty much. Well, so at what point, at what point did you realize that uh, this isn't the this isn't the land of Oz? Uh, uh, when, when, when did the when did the curtain fly back for you? It's pretty quick for me. Yeah. Um, Robbie, you can lead with this one. I know how I feel. You know my feelings on it, man. Well, so no, I, you you can, t- Rory. Please please share. So uh, I, my 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 situation is a little different than you, and 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 I know where you stand, and and I think you know it. That needs to be said, and then you know, there's my side of the story where I became a fucking party animal. You know? So, well, let's start. Let's start with Russ. Let's start with yours, and yeah. then we'll get. So we get then we get there, man. And first thing at the gate, we're getting paid four times more than anybody else. Um, when we struck our deal, they had as we had good deal, and they were getting like three hundred, three hundred and fifty bucks. We were getting like nearly 15, right? Um, and I think that was something that, not by any of the workers, by any of the stretch of the imagination, because that's still guys I love to this day, the same way I love all you guys, you know, you and fucking Flex and, you know, uh, fuck everybody out there, man. The, bro- the, bro- the brotherhood. Absolutely. You know what yep. I mean? Like you guys got us in, you guys educated us and then so that the next step was there and I loved all those guys because they're the trying to educate us to a business that is nothing like I've ever seen before and at that point it wasn't like today where it's very business like and I've heard from backstage that people back there that are saying that Rory is so different man it's, there's no paranoia there's nobody stabbing in the fucking back it's just a business but we go down there and the first person we had to deal with was uh, was Heyman, and Heyman had his favorites, and he had those that he didn't even have to really know to not want to give any fucking time for at all. But like he would start writing the show, and you know Brent Albright, Punk, they'd all be sitting there beside him writing it, and then he was pandering to the guys like Johnny Jeter, who's one of my best friends. But he was, you know, he came up through the system in OVW. He was the champ. Um, and he had his guys, and that was his guys. Everybody else, you would fill a spot or you would fuck off, you know? So he started doing this thing where, because me and Robbie were hungry, you know what I mean? Like, fucking, hey, man, we, we didn't come up, we didn't spend some money to go to OVW and build a career. We fucking slept in a car when it was fucking 40 below or fucking, you know, 40 above, you, you know, we're fucking, we've lived the goddamn life. We've traveled all over the fucking country, well, all over two countries to learn our craft, work with older guys, be journeymen. And he's like, he didn't give a fuck, didn't care. So what he used to do to us was like on Wednesday, the day of the show when he would film, he would have me and Robbie put on full gimmick 
and go to fucking Walmart and hand out flyers. What? Shit. Straight shit. Because that would, I would always be in his ear like, hey, man, you got a spot for us. And Robbie was like, hey, man, you got a spot for us. We wanted to fucking work. We wanted to do what we did. Um, now, when we got there, we did have one really bad match for the Heartbreakers. But, you know, that aside, we're just trying to move forward, man, because our, our reputation had been solidified. You know, all the guys, when we got there, knew who we were. They knew what we did. Some of them were even fucking scared to work with us. But... I thought this is something we can build upon and he didn't think so and he would just try to humiliate us and stuff. So what he did was he would give us little backstage things where we would, and he would basically give us carte blanche because he didn't give a fuck. It was popcorn to him, you know? And uh, he's like, hey man, we've got three minutes to go to Phil. Rory, Robbie, just go ahead. And we would start doing the most, just to pop ourselves, the most outlandish shit, you know? Like, there was one time where fucking CM Punk was... Everybody's... Ken Anderson looking for CM Punk. And fucking... Make him, you know, he comes into the locker room and he's like, did anybody see anything? And I'm like, we saw the whole thing. There was a punk to the right, a punk to the left. And we're just popping ourselves. Me and Robbie are just fucking... Just doing dumb shit. And, of course, I just get to follow whatever Rory does. And, yeah. Yeah, well, here's the thing, though. I had the vocals. He had the fucking animation. Right. You know, I mean, he's fucking, <laughs> like a wild man ready to fucking bite. And we did this two-minute fucking spiel, and it goes, so have you seen him? And we both went, oh, yeah, of course, he's right over there. You know, after doing this fucking huge <laughs> land of your sketch. <laughs> and, and fucking, the, here was the gimmick with that. That's what fucking creative saw. And they were like, oh, my God, these guys are fucking hilarious. That's who they're going to be. And I'm immediately like, all right, so number one, this guy that's supposed to be the head of the fucking show doesn't want nothing to do with us. Number two, now we're a comedy gimmick. And I'm like, shit. So now we now we've basically the the writers like what they see. The writer Vince likes what he sees for now. And then that's what they want from us starting on television. Yeah. So they threw the fucking yep. back, they threw the wall at us. Whatever you fucking need, get these guys over. So that's when the promos came. Dude, and they were putting us, even before the promos came, they were putting us with people to work. I think the first one was down in Hidalgo, Texas. And they were yep. putting us with anybody. And dude, we were getting fucking crazy fucking pops. Like Hunter was coming up to me and he's like, man, you guys got it. Arn is like, Man, you, Arn's words, and I, this is the greatest thing anybody ever said to me in my career. Arn said that me and Robbie were the last of the old school journeyman tag teams. He's like, there's nobody like you anymore. He's like, and, and that meant a lot to me. But there's only so far you can go with that fucking glass ceiling as a comedy gimmick. And we knew that. We, we fucking knew that because Vince pulled us into his office when the promos were going. And he's like, how do you guys feel about the promos? And I'm like, I think they're fucking horrible. You know, uh, I wasn't happy. And Steph knew that too. The only person that seemed to be enjoying it was Johnny Ace because I think it gave him a window to fucking control us a little bit more. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I guess I guess maybe if, it, you know, if that's the case and the sentiment going around and the feelings from you guys is that Johnny Ace is almost like, He's keeping his thumb on you. And if he keeps you guys looking like a, a comedy gimmick, 
right? Then then there's no chance whatsoever that whole sheep herders thing can ever come to fruition. Exactly. Right? At this point, Ted, I just wanted to go back to that because I wanted to go home. Wow. I, I really did, man. I was like, you know what, man? I, I might not, I may have been broke, but I was working with people I like. Nobody was trying to fucking shaft me. And I had a little bit of creative control. And at that point, I mean, very early on, I was like, this, this, I'm not happy here, man. And, and Robbie, how was it for you? Uh, basically, you know, I didn't know exactly how Rory always felt, and he never, you know, we we've talked about it a little over the last couple of years, and this is the first time I think he's probably mentioned it on a podcast, first time. maybe. And uh, and you know, I didn't know where he was, and he really didn't know where I was because. I was so drawn into, you know, here we are, this is great. Um, you know, no one, no one really taught us the business per se. Right. The bit, like we, we taught ourselves to wrestle. We worked with some guys that taught us to wrestle, but we didn't learn the business. You didn't have and, mentors. You didn't have mentors that were like, okay, at this point in the career, you're going to hit this. And right. at this point in your career, you're going to hit this. You were just thrown to the wolves and being like, okay, lost boys, make it work. Right. Yeah. We didn't have, we didn't have the people. We weren't in anybody's back pocket to guide us through to make right. us work. And, but, but I was so uh, by that time, you know, I didn't realize until later in my life, but I loved the party. And I like to drink and party and carry on. And, you know, when Rory's feeling like this, he's not wanting to stop me from partying. You know, he's feeling a totally different way. So why does he want to add my problems into his and vice versa? And I didn't think they were, I didn't think they were, I, I didn't see them as problems, Robbie. That was the thing. I'm like, hey, man, my cousin's enjoying himself. Who the fuck am I to rain on this? Who the fuck am I to rain on this parade? You know what I mean? Um, so I'll do everything I can to try and fucking make sure that he's but, happy. And I didn't give really, at that point, I didn't really give a fuck. I'm like, all right, if Robbie's, because I thought you were going out and you were fucking getting hammed and everything. I'm like, all right, he's, he's having a party. This is what we got to do. I'm just, if I can keep this going, then we're fine. I, I, I know, like, I, I like to party all the time and I didn't take it as serious. I didn't take it so seriously once I got there. You know, I, we, we always showed up. We were always there. They could rely on us. You know, we could be in the ring working for them, but I, not not as serious. And uh, you know, with with the things on the early on, it when the writers when the writers start losing fans. And, and the other thing too, crime time was right behind us, and Vince got a big boner for that. So it kind of it, it's a big timing issue. And like I say, I like to party, and then uh, you know we could fast forward through, and then. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know, realistically, though, you know, we were told pretty early on, like, you'll never be top guys, but your in-ring skills are so solid, we're going to use you to make people. Like, they use this to help make them as, you know what like I mean? Somebody, somebody specifically said these words to you? Yeah, yeah, I was told that by, uh, what's that fucker's name? Koski, Ed Koski. Okay. The, the writer yep. guy. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. He says. Uh, he says. You, know, you guys will never be top guys. He's like, but you know, you, you, we can put you anywhere with anybody, and you can have a solid match. So at that point, 
this is when me and Robbie started doing Raw, ECW, and SmackDown. We were doing all three shows, and we were doing overseas tours. I mean, everybody was like, you know, I'm sure there was some envy because we were working fucking pretty much as much as a top guy was working. Sure. You know? Um, and, they, and everybody thought we must have been fucking happy as shit. I, I wasn't, you know what I mean? Because, no, I didn't want to be a top guy, but I wanted to be a top tag team. You know what I mean? I think we're doing that respect. We'd put in enough time. We'd, we'd, we'd done enough that that shouldn't have been too much to ask for. But what Robbie said, we were we were the shiny toy for, you know, a few months. Now, now, inside of those few months, you get to hang out with Roddy Piper, though. Oh, right? Yeah. Who, pitched, who pitched that to who? Did they come to you with it? Or were you guys like, hey, fuck, this would be great? We showed up. It was Madison Square Garden on mm-hmm. uh, September 11th. I don't know if you remember that, Robbie. Yeah, I was, uh, pretty, actually, I was, pretty, hung I was pretty hung over that day. It was this night right here, man. Madison Square Garden. Okay. Yep. Yep. And we show up. And uh, they were still giving us a push at that time, big push. And they'd asked, uh, they'd asked Roddy to come in. And he was all about it. He thought it was fucking great. Because at this point, and, and this is something that's not very well known, I was the very first person from my country to sign with WWE. Um, really? I think a lot of pride in that. Yeah, I was the very first person. Drew has tried to claim that a couple of times, but that motherfucker was still back in Scotland when we were on fucking TV. So he yeah. was like, from my ass. Love the that's guy. That's the truth. <laughs> that is the truth. Respect his career, man. But he yeah. can go suck a dick. That's not mm-hmm. fucking accurate. Never has been, never will be. It's one thing in the record books that won't change. But they asked, uh, they, asked, they asked him to come in. And uh, they're like, okay, we're going to do this whole thing, this whole slap fight thing. You know, it was mostly between Robbie and, and, and Roddy. But for me, the, the proudest moment of that was the fact that they played us to the ring on, on 9-11. The New York Fire Department pipe and drums played us to the ring. Uh, and dude, I was like, I was overwhelmed, man. I, the whole th- situation was fucking crazy. You know what I mean? Can you can was, you imagine? Could you imagine being in Madison Square Garden with Roddy Piper in the middle of the ring? It's amazing, brother. Dude. Brother, I don't care where I am. If I, I could be sitting in my own bathroom, if I hear a set of bagpipes start playing like Amazing Grace, I lose my shit. <laughs> you can't not, right? <laughs> there's just something that it pulls inside of you right out right oh, man. it's warrior music man it's, it's yeah. supposed to inspire you to go get fucking murdered you know but it, it was absolutely amazing man and, and then it wasn't I don't think it was that long after that I think it was just a matter of weeks that we ended up back in Scotland and it was me Robbie, Roddy Piper and Ric Flair versus the Spirit Squad and this is my first time back home in, fuck, seven years. Right. You know, it was, well, man. I think those pictures are still on .com, actually. And see, these are always the good times that you can never take away, right? The oh. WWE was, was, was very good for doing that for you, right? Yes. There's no doubt about that. Yes, it was a gift. But clearly there was, there was issues. Did, did you feel, did you feel like, because at this point, like when the shine is off, the luster is gone and you're like, oh, this is so fucking aggravating. Did you feel like at that point though, because, you know, 
Robbie the hippie over here, just fucking happy go lucky. Right. But, but you're like, you're, you came into this with like a focus. This is almost with blinders on if I, if I need to say, right. But did you, did you ever at some point at that point, just be like, nah, fuck it. I don't want to do it. Did you feel like you were becoming difficult to work with for them or were you doing it on your own? You know what I mean? Like what was the, what was the temperature like after that? Right? No, I mean, you know, they would, they would continue using us and mm-hmm. me and Robbie were nothing but polite and professional, man. Even in moments where we probably shouldn't have been, to be perfectly honest, you know, oh, absolutely. there's times where we should have ripped somebody's fucking arm off, but we had always been taught show respect and some right. business built on respect, which feeds back to the point where Robbie's saying we didn't know the business enough to be like, okay, it's fucking go time. You know, this guy's going to get a fucking smack in the mouth. Um, but the, 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 the writers themselves always knew they had a solid go-to. There was, you know, and, and that was something that Robbie and I were always prepared to give them. It was something that whenever we went out into the ring, we made sure we got a reaction, you know, and we always did get a reaction. Um, but, you know, the, the temperature was changing for us, not them. Okay. Uh, and okay. at that point, you know, I had just, you know, I, I I didn't have a home. I didn't have anything. So I've got to re- I've got to build an entire life now. Right. Um, my girlfriend had just got pregnant, so my 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 uh, I was changing, you know, and, and everything away from wrestling was changing. I know Robbie was having some some issues back at home, and I think if they had just gave us the time to rectify that, you know, gave us, hey man. We're going to give you a couple of months off. Right. It, it could have placated any Rob. Maybe I don't know any Robbie situation. It would have placated any mine. It would have made it so you know I wasn't feeling uh, stressed when I was away from home. So here was my question because we know what everybody knows the story in the end of it because you know anybody who's seeing this now on YouTube, thank you so much for joining us here on the law. Um, you're recognizing Robbie McAllister, this look here a little bit more because you saw it for 11 seconds on TNA television after, you know, Jeff Jarrett was like, hey, this will be a funny idea against the competition. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he knew what he was doing. You guys get phone calls from Johnny Ace afterwards mm-hmm. and they're looking for ratings. There, there's no argument there. Because oh. That was that was a thing. One hundred percent. Absolutely. Here's my question, though. And they knew what the outcome was going to be. How come they didn't offer you a job? Because that, that would have been even bigger ratings for them to have you come out on their TV. I never asked. Well, Rory never asked, but at the same time, we didn't get let go until down the road. So I believe that because we were off television, there was no fizzle. We, you know, we were doing the job before all this happened. We were putting everybody over. And we also had six months between the incident and being let go. So there right. would be no there would be no steam from the Highlanders going forward. Um, but I did end up in Nashville one day and the door was locked. Uh, the doors are usually locked in Nashville. And I just happened to grab them both and open them up. And the the lady was in there and I'd say, I said, I'd like to see Terry Taylor. And uh, she went in there and told him who it was. And he goes, what, he's here in the office? And 
and he gave me the big old he gave me the big old horseshit line and uh oh we'll see what you do blah 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 and then uh you know i've tried to call him try to call him i don't think uh he's ever been a fan of mine either so <laughs> no but no. We, you know rory rory was doing his family thing and it you know i i still wanted to wrestle and i continued to wrestle for quite some time all over um right so so, but yeah, they they should have they should have offered us a job. Yeah. I, I think you know this. So after hearing from Pritchard, Bruce Pritchard, and those guys, um, it didn't bother Vince as much as I thought it did. It didn't bother Stephanie, and it didn't bother Hunter as much as I was believing it was. Because I've said to Robbie before, man, I. There was just something in me that knew he was going to go to that show. We were giving the whole big speech, you mm -hmm. know, fucking that bullshit brass ring speech that Vince gives all the time at Mania. He's like, we're in Orlando, and I don't want anybody going to that show. And there's just, you know, I'm there because I, you know, I had a surgery, I had full fucking shoulder surgery and chest surgery, and uh, I'm there with my kid who's six weeks old, and I'm in the hotel when Johnny calls. And he's losing his fucking mind. He's like, you know what the fuck's going on? And in the back of my head, I'm like, oh, man, he did. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, fucking, your cousin was just fucking on TNA TV. And, dude, I didn't mean it. I went, <laughs> and I started fucking laughing. like, Because I didn't know what it was. I'm like, oh, my God, he fucking did it. Yeah. Like, this is unbelievable, man. He's fucking wild. And I just started laughing. And... After I hung up the phone, I looked at Gina and I went, hey, man, I'm probably going to get a job at Whataburger. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I go downstairs and I go into the, the, the fucking bar. <clears throat> Everybody's there. And I walk in and I hush fills the fucking room. Hush fills the room. And uh, I started like, going out and I'm talking to people. And the only person, and Robbie would know this better than me because I left before he got there. The only person that really seemed pissed about it was Fit. Because um, I've, I've heard people saying that fucking oh, Undertaker was livid. I didn't get that from him at all. He didn't seem livid. He's, you know what I mean? He did, or at least he didn't say anything to me. And normally if you're part of a tag team, they're like, you're fucking good. You know, you take the heat. But sure. nobody seemed that pissed apart from Fit. Fit was fucking livid, and so was Johnny. And I think maybe Johnny fired Fit up, um, because I later come to hear that it wasn't Vince that wanted us to go. Like apparently, Steph and Hunter were like, "Nah, we can still use them, man. It's all good. Like you know, nobody cares. Nobody watches TNA, which is not true. But the people that do watch TNA, obviously, Robbie was the uh, number one numbers guy for about fucking ten years because <laughs> fucking YouTube videos of that fucking eleven seconds. Per second, that is the most viewed fucking TNA gimmick ever online. And I told him he should be selling fucking t-shirts at indie shows for that. Bro, <laughs> if this if this was if this was on the indies, you'd be you'd have a belt. Fuck, you'd be the champ. <laughs> you'd be the fucking champ. <laughs> yeah, but I heard the whole thing was just again it came back to fucking ace. Johnny. So Lane. how so if this is the situation, you walk into the hotel and everybody's still hanging out at the bar, like that's where we do it. How come if the workers have such a thing about it, how come they didn't have to go to court? How come there was no wrestler court brought up on this entire fucking thing? 
Well, I basically I walked in and faced the music because I knew what I did. I just walked into the bar because I knew everyone would be there. And Fit came right up and got in my face. And Undertaker came over and kind of pulled him back. And I'm like, I just kind of said, whatever. You'd say, I'm sorry I did what I did, but you know, it is what it is. I sure. I'm at it when at that point, after having to after not kind of being where we needed to be and after just like Rory just got injured a couple, you know, before that, I, in that, in that very match, I think I was pinned by the midget. And a few weeks before that I was pinned by the midget when we worked Mick Foley. So it not a very good feeling to just, you know, I'm a happy go lucky guy, but I got to the point. I don't want to be the, I don't want to be the fucking piece of shit that, that's always getting picked on and and that's that's what a lot of the wwe was back then i find it's uh it it's like it's like you know stories of uh you know the the bully the bully in in grade six you know what i mean uh they make funny they do it they do it and you know it's going to reflect on your life and in your mental capacities yeah Yeah, I, I listen. There's, there's, the environment has changed drastically, right? And 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 sometimes we find that there's just situations where you're, you know, ten years the opposite side, either this way or that way of things. You know what I mean? I right. firmly believe, I firmly believe that had I existed where I was in wrestling in those early two thousands, where I was in my life, if this was like the mid eighties, I, I I'd have been, I'd, I'd probably be dead right now, but you know, this I'd be a fucking, I would have been a rock star. Cause yeah. that was, that was me. That, that was my style. Yeah. That was where I was same kind of thing. Like, because the world of wrestling was in this weird transition stage too, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, so, look, look, look at what happened after we left. Right. You know, not to say that we own the fucking business, but look at what happened after we left. Every motherfucker looks like the Highlanders now. Bro, bro, <laughs> it is, it is. Well, listen, the big beard has become the long hair. Yeah. Right. Is everybody had the, everybody was blonde streaks and long hair, you know, and whipped back and on, on every shot. And then that all fucking turned into, you know, bald heads and, and goatees for a bit, but then that turned into bald heads and big beards. Dude, there was, there was the Wyatt's not, not that long after us, which by the way, fucking that was Robbie's idea. No disrespect to anybody that was in that fucking faction, but Robbie set the tone for that. Then after that, you just, everybody had fucking beers. Because I would go to, we would go to bars and stuff all over the fucking country, and people would be like, "Man, gnarly beards." And then you go to the same town, fucking, you know, six months later, and everybody's got a fucking beard. You know, yeah. uh, I'm like, man, we, we started this whole fucking big beard revolution. But I mean, how many te- how many people and teams have been in WWE now where Robbie and me are still brought up? saying that these guys are stealing the gimmick, right? You know what I mean? It's been nearly nearly fucking, it's been what, 15, 18 years? And it still keeps us fucking, not I wouldn't say relevant, but it keeps us in the conversation. You know what I mean? Because there was nothing before. I mean, shit. You know, everybody had the little pencil goatees. Mm -hmm. Like you said, the long hair and shit. So we brought something different and we, we, we left a stamp on the business. You know, fuck them. Yeah, there's listen, there's certain things, there's certain things that that 
nobody can ever take away from you guys, man. Absolutely. And that's, that's an absolute fact of the matter. Um, I do have a question because you were around at that time. How shitty was the wellness policy? I fucking <laughs> I don't know about Robbie, but it, you can obviously tell while I was there, I was no longer on the gas. <laughs> Dude, I, I get fucking piss tested on two separate shows for it, it felt like for fucking three or four months. I'm like, I'm pissing for everybody. So I don't think it was that great, man. You know? I don't I don't think I don't I was wondering if they have one today, but I don't think it was that great because I wanna say that there was one dressing room for the for the the younger talent, the mid carters. The, the OVW guys to piss in and then there was there was hey come for a walk with me to somewhere else for some other people yeah well and, this guy and, you know, and, 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 and because some of those people that I were nice to me and if I was to talk to them today I'd consider them friendly um, I wouldn't even bury them <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah no 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 you, listen we have a rule around here you're only allowed to bury them if they're already dead yeah. <laughs> Rob, me and Robbie have got some fucking stellar stories we'd have to tell you in person. Absolutely. We've never, yes. Made, yes. we've never made them public and never will. You know what I mean? Listen, well, and this is the thing. It's like we can we, we talk and we tell stories around here, and, and, and I appreciate you guys being so forward and honest today throughout all of this. Um, but you know as well as I do that there's just certain things – that us as wrestlers will always take to our graves. Oh, absolutely. Right. <laughs> and those are the good stories, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. And you only get that if you live the life. Uh, well, I lived a life for a while. Even, yeah. even, and, and believe it or not, my ex-wife knows. I, I, she, 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 she popped the question one time and I said, you really want to know this? And I said, whatever you think, just believe. And then she started asking me that, was it this girl? Was it this girl? I said, no, you just got to get the, you got the confirmation. You don't get the stories. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's, an unwritten, there's an unwritten rule. Like, listen, me and my wife yeah. have been together for going on, you know, 20, 24 years now. And, we, and I was already, I was already married or I was already married to the business. I should say before right. her and I got together. And there's a very, 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 Good rule. Don't ask me any questions. You're not going to like the answer to. Right. No shit. Right. Let's sleep in dogs yep. line, man. Let's sleep in dogs line. <laughs> so everybody's good and happy. You guys yeah. are doing well. Life is good. You look great. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's awesome, man. All right, guys, I want to thank you so much. We're going to wrap this whole thing up. Uh, I want to thank you guys so much for stopping by. If people want to get a hold of you guys, uh, Rory, how can they how can they stalk you? Uh, Facebook. I don't really do that much fucking social media, to be honest with you. Uh, well, then Facebook. you know what? We're going to have to get you back on here on a regular basis. All right. I do that, man. I get, we get more to talk about. Absolutely, we do. <laughs> yeah, just Rory, uh, Rory Murray on... Uh, on facebook um you can go to we haven't filmed in a while but the wood podcast wud podcast uh we'll be starting that back up here again soon so. tremendous and uh you can catch me at uh maybe a local uh east coast wrestling show um 
or uh, and if anyone wants to get a hold of me, they can get a hold of me at, at Highlander Robbie on Instagram or uh, my stupid name of Derek Robbie McAllister Couch on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. Guys, thank you so much. 